702. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener. Live, online. The 702 app, DSTV Channel 856, 92.7 and 106 FM. On the show today, Jacob Zuma's private prosecution of President Ramaphosa continues today. The Constitutional Court is handing down judgment in a crucial case impacting independent electoral candidates. The EFF tries to interdict the suspension of six MPs for the SONA disruption. We'll go to Dipstuart following vigilante attacks at the weekend and we'll wrap up the weekend sports. All of that over the next hour. 7.02. Let's walk the talk. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Midday Report on 702 and Cape Talk with me, Mandy Wiener. Great to be with you today because we are celebrating. And we're celebrating with you because the Midday Report has won the best daytime show on commercial radio in the whole of South Africa at the Telcom Radio Awards. So that is the best daytime radio show on any commercial radio station. Music, or talk radio. So we are incredibly proud of ourselves and of you and of all the contributors. It's the second year in a row that we've won at the awards. Last year it was for Best News and Actuality Show. And this is a team award. And the ladies that I get to work with every day are the best of the best. You may not hear them, you may not see them, but they are the ones that make the magic and and put everything together. They are dedicated, passionate, perfectionist, professionals, Kamagwini Mavovana is an exceptional producer who brings so much energy and excellence every single day. She's the one who books the guests. She's the one who phones people and gets them on air. But she also thinks about everything and decides what we're going to do every single day. Palesa Mabuya is a ninja on the deck. She's a technical producer. She is slick. She is precise. She makes sure it's a clean, clean show. And we just have a fantastic work ethic here. We respect each other. We all have the same expectations and intentions every day. So thank you to both of these ladies for what they do. But also... Thank you to all the contributors, to everybody who agrees to come on air, to the EWN reporters, to the people who are responsible for the features, uh, to all of you who listen every day and who choose to listen every single day. And those of you who send us WhatsApp voice notes, we love them. We love playing them. You are funny. You are incisive. You are astute. You understand how we think around here. You're funny, most importantly. So thank you for choosing to listen to us and thank you for being involved and thank you to 702 and Cape Talk and management and uh, everybody that supports us. We're uh, we're celebrating today. So thank you so much, everyone. The Midday Report on 702. Winner of the Best Daytime Show Award at the 2023 Telcom Radio Awards. Right, let's get into the business of the day. The Constitutional Court is handing down judgment right now over the Challenged Electoral Amendment Act. This is all to do with the independent candidates, and this is crucial ahead of the elections next year. The Independent Candidates Association and Build One South Africa took this matter to court. They are complaining about the threshold that is set for independent candidates to enter the national election. They are fundamentally challenging the number of seats that are available to independent candidates. So it's great that we have independent candidates, but are the scales balanced against them? Is it unfair the way that it works? And there are lots of concerns around this. So there are going to be independent candidates in the elections next year, but is it going to be a fair landscape for them? That's uh, what's uh, under debate here. At the moment, the Concord handing down that ruling. Justice Mkhlantla is currently handing it down. And let's have a listen. And this audio is courtesy of the SABC. For an independent candidate on the regional ballot. 
all votes cast in a region, in a region will first be used to determine a provisional allocation of that region's regional seats to both independent candidates and political parties. If an independent candidate meets the relevant quota for one seat, they will be elected to the National Assembly. Even if an independent candidate gets sufficient votes to be provisionally awarded two or more seats, the candidate is only limited to one seat. This is because, unlike a political party, which has many candidates and may get many seats, that is not possible for an independent candidate, as they are contesting the elections in their individual capacities and are not affiliated to any party. Similarly, if an independent candidate contests for more than one region and wins seats in more than one region, they forfeit the additional seats in the other regions. The minister submits that that is the inevitable consequence of the choice made by a citizen to contest elections as an individual instead of doing so through a political party. Then there are the 200 compensatory seats. The voter in a region gets a second ballot paper listing only the contesting political parties. The compensatory ballot does not elect compensatory representatives directly. This quota takes into account all 406 in the National Assembly minus the seats allocated to independent candidates and is based on the total number of votes cast for the political parties in both the regional and compensatory ballots. Justice Nongkosi Mklantlak handing down that judgment there on the Electoral Amendment Act. Let's try and understand what this is all about with Mpumalelo Zikalala, legal analyst. Mpumalelo, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. Uh, essentially, this ruling is about seats. It's about how much influence independent candidates will have in Parliament, right? Uh, what is the best way to explain this? Good afternoon to you. No, let me say good afternoon to the best winning team in the essay. Oh, stop it. it. <laughs> <laughs> it essentially, that's, that's what it's about. In fact, it's two folds. The first one is the better to enter in which I can be afforded to have those seats. When it comes to political parties, I think they need about 8,000, if I'm not mistaken, uh, signatures. And yet for for independent candidates, it's a bit more than that. Now, the question is, is that fair or not? Are you creating a barrier of entry, which is a bit too high for me just because I'm an independent candidate with the equality in that? Secondly, that one, once people have voted for me and I received 2 million votes, for example, I'm still allocated one seat, meaning when you go to parliament in the voting system is one person per vote. It means that those 2 million individuals that I'm representing are simply going to be refused in terms of their voices that can be heard in, 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 in Parliament. So the system still favours political parties rather than the independent candidates which were, who are opening up this window for them so that they can also be accepted and the spirit of democracy can be experienced by all. So I think what the court is going to decide upon today is what is the best mechanism that can be utilised? Should we send the bill back to Parliament to say to them, go and find a more inclusive way in which we'll be able to accommodate all the individuals that are there and also make sure that the support that an individual has is equal to the seats which are then going to be allocated in Parliament so that it's proportional in terms of the, the democracy or the will of the people that has been experienced from the ground. So what are the options that are open here to the Constitutional Court? What are some of the scenarios that could be uh, looking at? And, and could any of these have any kind of uh, impact on the upcoming election immediately? Will, will there be immediacy in this or will it have to go back to Parliament for things to change before the next election? Mm. 
Well, the immediate one is to say, well, we're declaring this particular bill unconstitutional. It cannot go through. If it has already been amended, then the, 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 the section or the part of the act that are speaking of, we are speaking about now will be declared unconstitutional. They can't be utilized in the upcoming elections. So there are two options. First is to say, uh, go back and build drafts so no elections are going to take place up until you've done and dusted their proposed amendments and you've sufficed for the public on the basis basis. Second is to say, let me read into that piece of legislation the type of proposed amendments that I think should, should, should form part and parcel of that, which is, by the way, a bit of a, a risky thing to do because the minute you do that, you are now taking on the role of being the legislature in terms of being the judiciary. You can't be a referee and you play in your own game. The question then becomes, whenever you have an aggrieved party that is going to question the amendment that was written in by the court, where are they going to run to when the legislature did not form part of that particular process, when the particular amendment did not go through the rigorous public participation process that even the courts have been lamenting about. So it, it's one of those conundrums. But there's still time because the time in which we must vote uh, in, the, in the year 2024 is between May and mm. August. So if the processes are done efficiently and they don't have holidays, then they should be able mm. to pass through those amendments and to take care of any um, complaints that individual candidates might have. Mpumalelo, thank you very much. Mpumalelo Zikalala, legal analyst, uh, speaking to us there, unpacking that judgment that is being handed down right now. Once we do have a final judgment uh, and a conclusion there, I will bring that to you. 702, the Midday Report, Monday to Friday, 12 to 1 p.m. The former president, Jacob Zuma's private prosecution of President Cyril Ramaphosa back in court today. Remember, this uh, stems back uh, from last year, just before the ANC's national elective conference in December at NASREC. There was this... um legal matter that was brought by former President Jacob Zuma. He issued Ramaphosa with a summons to appear in the High Court in Joburg for a private prosecution. On the face of it, it really looked like an attempt to impact the uh, ANC elections. Today, it's back in court, so it's still persisting. It's still going on. Remember that this private prosecution of Ramaphosa was reviewed. It was set aside by a full bench of the High Court in Joburg in July. So why is it back in court again today? Bernadette Wicks, EWN reporter, is here to explain that to us. So, Bernadette, why is this still going on? Why is it still a thing? So, in the eyes of the law, um, like you say, it was reviewed and set aside by the court in July. And in September, the same court refused uh, the former president leave to appeal that July ruling, reviewing and setting aside the private prosecution. In the interim, though, we did hear today that he's now petitioned the Supreme Court of Appeal. So he's taking his fight to the Supreme Court of Appeal. Um, and in the interim, these proceedings are kind of ongoing in the background, but there's not much that can really happen with them until sort of this ultimate uh, review application is ultimately final. So it was just postponed today. Okay, so it was postponed until what, April? April the 11th. It's quite a lengthy postponement. Um, And that's obviously with the idea that hopefully by then we'll have an outcome from the SCA. Um, But that's also obviously contingent on the former president not, if he's unsuccessful, then turning to the Constitutional Court, which I think we can definitely expect if he is unsuccessful. Who's paying for this? Is this Zuma's private legal fees now? Um, These are Zuma's private legal fees now. You'll remember in the past we were paying for um, his legal fees and they were at an astronomical rate. Mm. Um, But now he is paying for these for these fees. But but the president's fees would be paid for by by The president's fees would be paid for by us. Um, Obviously, the the private prosecution that the former president has brought against the the current president um, doesn't relate really to things that took place in the course of the former president's duties. So we wouldn't have or the taxpayer wouldn't have an obligation to pay for that.
why is Zuma persisting with this? Well, you know, I mean, I it's difficult really to understand. And I kind of think about it as if it's similar to if you were waiting in a home affairs queue for half the day and midday rolled around and you still had another half a day to wait in the queue. And you knew you probably weren't going to get what you were after at the end of the day, but by now you've invested so much time and energy in it. It kind of feels like a waste to just let it go. Um, that's really the best way can I, I can explain it because ultimately the chances of a successful prosecution are slim to none in this matter. Um, but I do think that he's sort of been very, very adamant that this is not for ulterior motives, which is what the courts have found and obviously what the initial sentiment really revolved around. Um, and he just feels like he needs to kind of die with this now. Bernadette Wicks, EWN reporter, explaining the logic uh, behind uh, former President Jacob Zuma's continued uh, persistence with this private prosecution of the current president, Cyril Ramaphosa. The Midday Report on 702. Winner of the Best Daytime Show Award at the 2023 Telcom Radio Awards. Let's stay in the courts now because the economic freedom fighters, the EFF, are also heading to court today to try and interdict the suspension of six MPs from Parliament for disrupting the State of a Nation address last year. Uh, Those, of course, include the uh, freedom fighters leader, Julius Malema, uh, and the deputy, Floyd Shivambu. So the EFF wants to stop their suspension and the docking of one month's salary. That was the finding from the Powers and Privileges Committee, which met to adopt its report and recommend the suspension. Babalo and Denze, EWN reporters, following this one for us. Babalo, good afternoon to you. What is the basis of the EFF's application? Um, good afternoon, Mandy. Yes, indeed, the basis of the EFF's application um, is to basically um, prevent the, their suspensions and the docking of their salaries and those san- sanctions that were put forward by the Powers and Privileges Committee. And these san- sanctions <coughs> apply to the month of February next year, that month suspension, which essentially means that they will miss SONA. And the EFF has argued in its papers, in its application papers for this matter to be interdicted that, you know, they have a constitutional right to protest. And, you know, they had every right to approach the stage following that pala-pala, you know, controversy last year that they were protesting against. So that's the basis of their argument and why this matter, you know, has to be dealt with by the courts and to basically set a precedent when it comes to these matters where, you know, you know, opposition parties are basically disciplined by their political opponents or detractors within parliament. But they did come to an agreement, Mandy, um, you know, uh, this is a, a new development with Parliament that this matter be withdrawn and they'll be back before court on the 8th of January next year because the matter is no longer urgent because now these sanctions are only going to be applicable next year. And we do know that the ANC in the Powers and Privileges Committee has requested or has proposed rather that the sanctions be for the month of March so that the EFF doesn't miss SONA. Um, you know, this is the same ANC that's really now coming to their you know, to their defense in a way, saying that they should rather be sanctioned in March and also that, you know, the month of January and December are quite taxing financially and that the party, you know, will be basically hit with a double whammy as well as in the pocket. So the ANC has made that proposal, but the committee has not agreed on that proposal, Mandy. Now, the matter will be back before the National Assembly tomorrow and this report that was adopted by the committee and it will be up to the House to decide whether to adopt or reject the report. But as far as the court proceedings are concerned, Mandy, the matter was really a, a quick one where the parties agreed, you know, to rather discuss this or deal with the hearing of the matter next year. 
Okay, that, that's what I wanted to clarify. So the actual court application is now put on ice, right? It's paused while they try and deal with this outside of court. Yes, but that was not the only issue. Um, and quite importantly, that was not the only matter, or that's not the only matter that was before, that's before the Pause and Privileges Committee that involves the EFF and the EFF, you know, um, disrupting a sitting. There is a separate matter that was also before the same court under the same, you know, urgent applications in court this morning. And it's a matter related to August 2022, where, you know, the, the, the National Assembly or in the Good Hope Chamber, members of the EFF, I think 13 EFF MPs were physically removed from the sitting. And this is, you know, before the SONA incident that has been postponed to next year. And this separate application or this part of the application um, wants to subpoena the speaker to be part of this hearing, specifically this hearing, which is next week, um, Tuesday and Wednesday, I think, Mandy. So the court is still dealing with, you know, matters related to the EFS ejection from the House, but not the SONA February 9th incident, but its previous incidents that the EFF also wants the court to make a decision on Mandy. Babalo, thank you very much. Babalo and Denze, EWN reporter, thank you very much for your time uh, giving us that explanation there around the economic freedom fighters, the EFF's attempts to make sure that they are allowed to attend the State of the Nation address next year. What's up, Mandy? On 072-702-1702. Ah, good day, Mandiwena. No, man, just want to say... Congrats to the best, 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 best winning show. Ah, congrats, congrats, Mandy. Congrats to you and the team that's 702. Awesome, great, great stuff, great stuff. So it is here in Israel. Good day, Mandy Wiener. Great uh, congratulations to your show and your team. Uh, wonderful uh, that uh, you won the ra- the radio awards. I just want to comment about uh, this uh, latest uh, constitutional court ruling, which is underway. I just feel that uh, even if the independent candidates do get their way and the ruling is in their favor, I think the IEC will have a very short time in, in terms of educating us, the voters, because I sense that this a voter's role is going to be a biblical role, is going to be lengthy, confusing. And with the short amount of time, I don't know if the voter education will uh, achieve its desired results. Thank you. Hi, Mandy. Um, I always knew you were a real winner. Uh, <laughs> see what I did there? Uh, yeah, congratulations on your big, big award. Uh, well deserved. And uh, yeah, uh, it just also confirms that I have good taste, uh, as I've always suspected. Um, yeah, and uh, on those Mbabuin uh, kids that were caught at the border, I suspect those kids were actually coming to visit their parents who are most likely living here illegally. And, uh, yeah, that's why no one knows um, who those kids belong to. Thanks, Farai. Thank you so much for, for all of your, your messages and thank you for choosing to listen to us every day and for actually making that deliberate, intentional choice to tune in to the Midday Report and, and sharing uh, this time with us every day. Um, I also need to thank Brett, who is our technical producer in Cape Town, who uh, is also the guy who pushes the buttons in Cape to- in, at Cape Talk and makes sure that everything goes out smoothly. Uh, so thank you, Brett, so much for everything that you do as well. Uh, and thank you to all of our Cape Talk and all of our 702 listeners as well. 702. 702. Mandy Wiener. Weekdays, 12 to 1 p.m.
Well, let's look at the electricity situation in some parts of Joburg, particularly Observatory, Kensington, uh, some other surrounding areas that were without electricity after a main feeding station caught fire in the early hours of Saturday morning. So firefighters did extinguish that blaze by around midday on Saturday. Uh, City Power says uh, it's still working to establish the cause of the fire. Power supply was affected to areas. Uh, So spokesperson at City Power, Isaac Mangena, has sent us this update. Have a listen. Work is continuing for the third day at Observatory Substation, which was gutted by the fire earlier this weekend. 40% of the work has been completed and the team is still hard at work and on track in terms of the projected time of restoration and repairs at the substation. The suspected 88 kV oil field cable uh, faulty spot has already been identified and trenching to basically expose that faulty cable has been completed, uh, which is basically happening parallel to the work to basically rewire the, the damaged control room. The cable will be tested and the contaminated oil will be flushed out, a process that may take uh, several days. Protection control cable termination, the relay installation and also wiring process is also continuing on site and it is almost complete. The testing of the relays will basically also start later today. Part of the restoration plan is is also to basically lay the new cables from the observatory substation to Bellevue substation and uh, we are busy digging um, in this regard. Um, from this morning. Unfortunately, the residents of Saraladin, Observatory, Uvel, Kissington, Bellevue and the surrounding areas will remain off until all the work is completed, which will be later this week. Uh, thanks to Isaac Mangena from City Power for that update. Uh, so at least now you know if you live in uh, Observatory or Kensington in Johannesburg what the situation is there. 702. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener. Let's walk the talk. Just some quick breaking news for you. I am watching the constitutional court judgment that is being handed down right now by Justice Mkhlantla on the Electoral Amendment Act judgment. And according to a report in News 24, the Concord has dismissed the challenge to the Electoral Amendment Act, saying it is rational. Uh, that's still being handed down right now. So I haven't got all the details, but according to Jan Gerber's feed on News 24, uh, it says uh, Justice Mkhlantla says it is a unanimous judgment penned by herself. The court holds that the circumstances of the case are exceptional and raise important issues uh, therefore direct access must be granted so direct access ha- was granted uh, and she says that the court can't interfere with the dis- decision just because it disagrees with it the rationality of the 200 to 200 split hinges on whether it leads to proportional representation so we'll speak to our reporter following that uh, in a few minutes but that's the breaking news coming through What's up, Mandy? On 072-702-1702. Uh, MNDI, I want to say congratulations to your team. Now, here's the thing. I'd rather be in Mandy Winner's team because Mandy Winner's team is a winning team. So, yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you for the wonderful show. As usual, Mandy Winner is a winner. Congratulations. Kustas. 
Hello, Mandy. For me, it's about, it's not just you winning this, this award. For me, it's what it what it means, about the depth that um, your show has. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a one-hour show with, with uh, I mean, as a news junkie myself, I have deep appreciation for the work you do. And I can understand the, the I can imagine the amount of hard work that goes beyond. It's one hour on air, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm certain there's definitely many hours uh, the off-air that you do put in. So not just you as well, the team as well. Uh, you know, I continue to, I continue to, you continue to inspire me. And may you, may you, this is just the beginning. Many, many big uh, achievements to come. Prince, bet for you. Kustas Prince, thank you so much. And thank you for always contributing as well. I, I hear you guys. You're always sending me the most most beautiful, incisive uh, voice notes. So thank you so much. Um, and it's a lot of work. It really is. We try and do about nine, ten interviews in an hour, um, which means that each interview is about three to four minutes. So you really need to know a lot about a lot or a little bit about a lot, but enough that you <laughs> really need to understand the issues. Um, and and it, it's a lot more than an hour every day. So thank you for, for recognizing that. And thank you for, for your wonderful messages and for appreciating us too. The Midday Report on 702. Winner of the Best Daytime Show Award at the 2023 Telcom Radio Awards. South Africa's nuclear regulator today holding a media briefing on the status of Kuburg, the nuclear power station, and its long-term operating license agreement. That current license license runs out in July of next year. So let's get an update on that with Ntutuzelo Nene, EWN reporter, who's in our Cape Town studio. Ntutuzelo, good afternoon to you. What is the regulator saying? Good afternoon, Mandy. Um, and as you've you know, uh, correctly put it that the current license runs out um, on the 21st of July next year. Um, and, you know, today it was, you know, they were just giving an update on the decision whether the Quebec nuclear power plant station as lifespan will be extended. So they're saying that we'll only know um, in July next year whether or not they will be granted an extension. Um, this is the same month that the license runs out. Um, in 2021, ESCOM applied for an extension to allow the Cape Town plant um, to run for 20 more years. Now, a number of things, Mandy, uh, the National Nuclear Regulator had to look at before granting or, you know, rejecting this license, um, you know, extension application by ESCOM. Um, the regulatory body today is saying that most of the work has been done with some outstanding technical issues uh, that still need to be resolved. And one of them being the public hearings uh, on the lifespan extension of the Kuberg uh, power plant. Uh, the board has resolved that further public debate is required on the application uh, for it to reach its decision. And those public hearings, sorry, Mandy, are scheduled for the 3rd, the 10th, and the 17th of February next year um, in Tableview, Atlantis, and Athlone. Okay. Thank you very much uh, for that uh, update. And to Zelo Nene, Eyewitness News reporter, giving us an update on that briefing from the South Africa's nuclear regulator on Kuburg's nuclear power station's long-term operating license agreement status. 702, the midday report, Monday to Friday, 12 to 1 p.m.
Well, let's go to Dipsluit now because uh, you would have heard about uh, various incidents that occurred over the weekend. Vigilante attacks is how they are being described. Seven people being killed in separate vigilante attacks in Dipsluit, which occurred only hours apart. Uh, And according to the police, the seven were found burned to death on Friday night and then in the early hours of Saturday morning as well. Uh, Upon arriving at the first scene, the Metro Police found that two men had been stoned and necklaced and then uh, in a separate scene five people were found there uh, so we were hoping to speak to a community leader in the area we're just struggling to get through to them at the moment to understand what is happening there uh, in Dipsluit what was the motivation behind this what does the community have to say and what are the impacts on other people we'll keep trying to get hold of a community spokesperson there uh, and we will bring that to you 702 the midday report with Mandy Weiner. let's walk the talk So we have been celebrating today, uh, as you've heard and as you've been sending us voice notes as well about the fact that uh, the Midday Report uh, did win at the Telcom Radio Awards at the weekend, the best daytime radio show on commercial radio. Uh, But uh, several of our colleagues won as well. Uh, One of those is Mia Lindeku, who uh, used to be at Eyewitness News, and she won for um, a documentary that she put together. So she won Best Radio Documentary for um, a report that she worked on while she was at EWN about graveyards in South Africa. We did play it um, when she she actually produced it, but Mia and her team went around the country looking at the state of various graveyards in South Africa and how many of them have been neglected. Uh, many of them are sites of criminal activity as well, and just the state in which we leave our graveyards and where we bury our dead. So we're going to play a couple of minutes of Mia Lindeku's award-winning package about graveyards Graveyards in South Africa. Have a listen to this. Litter overflowing uncollected dustbins, weeds and tall grass hiding tombstones, vandalized and sunken graves, broken fences and gates. All nine cemeteries we travel to across five provinces in the country were neglected and they have now become an easy target for criminals. Families suffer double blow as a result of the poor maintenance and security at some cemeteries. Emotional suffering and dealing with financial loss when vandals target graves. It costs them tens of thousands of rands to replace a tombstone. Traveling by car, we leave Hateng on a Monday morning to the East Coast. But the first stop is in the Free State. Entering Freire Cemetery, there is litter strewn at the entrance. Flies buzzing and manure everywhere from livestock roaming the graveyard. Cattle walk freely here, although the Pumalela municipality has recently refenced the cemetery. A family has come to clean up their relative's grave here. Bungani in Como stays in Pretoria and says it pains him every time he visits his brother's grave to see the neglect. It's it's very much heartbreaking. One would not even at some stage feel like coming here when you know as to what you're going to see when you get to the graveyard. But anyway, because our loved ones are here, we need to come and clean the, I mean the, the grave. But anyway, it's very, very much heartbreaking. Driving through the town, it's evident service delivery is left wanting, especially for the pothole-riddled roads. At the municipal offices, I confronted municipal manager Nomvula Malachi about the appalling state of the cemetery. Hi, how are you? I'm good, 
She confirmed that they have a huge problem with cattle and drug addicts stealing the metal marking of the graves. In terms of the cows roaming astray, it's a, it's a serious problem. We have, the council has just approved a budget because all these people are evicted from the farms. So after the eviction from the farm, they just come in the township. They don't know on the current bylaws. We are confronted with the, with the what, high crime rate in terms of nyaupes, uh, people that are smoking these drugs. They are stealing all the, the, the numbers. What do they do with it? Why would they take it? They're taking it to the scrapyard. About an hour's drive from here is the Harry Smith Cemetery with the same problems. The neglect of the cemetery is hidden by bright pink and white flowers towering out above the tombstones, making it difficult for families to find their relatives' graves. Here, the Maluti Apufung municipality is battling also with keeping livestock in their right places. The municipality tells Eyewitness News they will be erecting a kraal near the cemetery to confiscate the animals and impound the cattle roaming the cemetery. Here, the picture is no different. Vandalized graves, broken fences and gates. This man is erecting a new tombstone in the cold autumn wind. It's painful to see that uh, there's nothing that is doing here. Because if only like uh, it was clear enough, we could have walked every day to see our loved ones. It's also very important to speak to the ancestors. Is it even possible for you to do that? It's not possible. If only like we're not visiting them, things happen and you don't know, you don't need answers as well. So that's an excerpt from Mia Lindeku's award-winning radio documentary for EWN uh, that uh, looked at graveyards in South Africa and the state of graveyards in South Africa. If you want to go listen to the entire radio documentary, you can do so on ewn.co.za. The Midday Report on 702. Winner of the Best Daytime Show Award at the 2023 Telcom Radio Awards. I was so sad to hear the news that the um, public health advocate, Prof. Harry Seftel, passed away at the age of 94. The president issuing a statement calling him a national treasure. He spent more than 50 years in the Department of Medicine at the University of Witwatersrand. But you'll know him from listening to his health shows here on 702, also at the SABC as well. When I started working at Prime Media almost 20 years ago now, Prof. Harry used to come in uh, on um, in the evenings and he was just so much fun to listen to and he had this amazing way and quirky accessible way of describing uh, medical issues and uh, he was just fantastic to to listen to and he was lovely to be around so our thoughts are with his family he is survived by his wife his four children and three grandchildren as well um, he was just he was wonderful he had a great sense of humor I heard people earlier today just sharing great anecdotes from uh, Prof. Harry Seftel uh, so have a listen to a little bit of him I am 85 years young Born and bred and spent my whole life educated, went to medical school at, in Johannesburg. I don't smoke. I've also even avoided passive smoking. I eat healthily. I exercise every day while you're still sleeping. Harry is out on the road. I've got a beautiful sylph-like figure. With that combination, you live forever.
There are nearly 4,000, you see, poisons, okay, that are present in cigarette smoke. Carbon monoxide, say arsenic, uh, acetone, all sorts of chemicals, as I say, which are, in fact, as I say, poisonous to a greater or lesser extent, or, as I say, can actually cause cancer. Every part of the body can be damaged or destroyed by cigarette smoke. We can start with the hair. The hair is smelly. They get wrinkles. They get a blotchy skin. So undoubtedly, so you say, that cosmetic effect is something that the ladies worry about more than their heart attacks and the cancer and so on. There are three main killers. He just had a beautiful, uh, quirky, funny way of explaining things. Uh, rest in peace, Prof. Harry Seftel. What's up, Mandy? On 072-702-1702. Hi, Mandy. Good afternoon. Yeah, I know about this ports. You know, if it gets worse, well, it's not at its worst already. They say if it gets worse and then us as the consumer will have to pay the brunt. You know, I think that is such bollocks. Why? I mean, when they were operating, everything was going fine. You know, you're talking about billions and billions going through the ports. So where's that money now? I'm not talking about all the billions, but I mean a percentage of it. So now, end of the day, the consumer must suffer and pay the brunt. Wow, that is so uh, that is so unfair. It's unreal. Anyway, anyway, that is so sad. Mandy, great show. Cheers, John Kelgerba. Bye. Congratulations and celebrations to the midday report. Congratulations and celebrations to Mandy and the crew. Jabo from Frotiatlin. Congratulations, Mandy. Midday report, the best. Shisha. Good afternoon, Mandy. Winner. All right. Um, on a serious note, I think we are entering 2024. So this country is like 30 years old. I don't really care what people in the community would have done to deserve this, but I just don't know how a person can be neglected in. December 2023 I just I'm, it's astonishing I don't care what he did but there's gotta be other ways hey Tiboho, you can now tell your friends that you sang on the best daytime radio show on commercial radio in South Africa yeah, and we played that voice note Kamagwini <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, and also, guys, uh, I know that you all are really funny with the, the wiener joke, but I've got like a lifetime of trauma around this. Thank you very much. Dries says on the WhatsApp line, congrats to Mandy and her team of wieners. Andrew, thank you very much, guys. For all of you who have now made fun of the wieners uh, joke, I'm, I'm glad that we provided you with so much light entertainment today. Sports <laughs> Wrap. Sports Wrap. On 702 and Cape Talk. Mawande Mateza, don't laugh so much. 
Ah, uh, no, I, I found that absolutely hilarious. <laughs> you laughed out loud at that voice note. <laughs> I was not expecting that. And yeah, I need to throw in one of my own because I think we're going to start with a couple of wieners as well. Oh, this time around. we're a bunch of wieners, <laughs> hey? A bunch of wieners. <laughs> Get it. Let's talk about a bunch of wieners. Um, this, uh, the Sevens are a bunch of wieners. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. They won a fifth consecutive uh, Dubai Sevens title over the weekend, 11th overall in the history of the tournament. Absolutely brilliant for the Blissbox to start in this way, especially considering their last season wasn't so great and they missed out on automatic Olympic qualification. Uh, and the season ahead is a very, very big one because there is still that opportunity to qualify for the Paris Games. Uh, I think it's in June next year they play in a tournament. Um, and so to do, to do what they did uh, in Dubai and they played Argentina, which has become a resurgent nation in sevens rugby, as well as Fiji and New Zealand along the way is absolutely brilliant. So I think we can can expect some good things or look forward to some big things from the Springbok Sevens team uh, over the coming season in the World Seven Series. Uh, let's talk about football, local and uh, Premier League. Where, where should we start? Uh, we can start with local. It uh, wasn't a lot on the go apart from the Colling Knockout semi-finals. Uh, Stellenbosch and TS Galaxy making it through to the final. That will be on the 16th of December. And I have to think that the sponsors have to be a little disappointed that it is only TS Galaxy and Stellenbosch making it uh, through to that final. I don't know uh, how they're going to host a massive showpiece event uh, with those two names. They aren't the sort of big draw uh, that uh, you expect from local football. However, for the clubs themselves, absolutely brilliant achievement for both of them. That's TS Galaxy and Stellenbosch to make it to the final. Uh, and then over in England, I think we had one of the most thrilling days of sure, football what yesterday. What great football last night. Uh, absolutely. Well, yesterday afternoon, it was yeah, incredible. Yeah, and I think for the neutral, even more so uh, with Spurs and Manchester City. I was very City. much invested. Yeah, I could imagine. Uh, but how's that 90th minute uh, goal from Kulusevski to save mm-hmm. the result for Spurs? Absolutely brilliant. And all also, it breaks their three-match losing run. So I think they'll be very happy with that. Uh, and it also sort of keeps them in the hunt and within touching distance of uh, those top four sides at the moment. So it's not all loss for Spurs. There is still a lot to play for in this season. However, there was also a good result for Liverpool. And I think they're going to threaten for the league title this season. Uh, I'm hoping that with my history of predictions that that puts hmm. a curse on them. Uh, but yeah, absolutely brilliant to see them doing well and winning when it mattered most as well as for Chelsea beating Brighton 3-2. Um, and then there was uh, golf as well. Yeah, so we had the Investec SA Open happening and uh, Dean Burmester made it two wins in two weeks uh, on the DP World Tour, adding the Investec SA Open to his Joburg Open title. Uh, but the big one I think that we're all celebrating is Ashley Buai uh, and her victory Gosh. at... at yeah. um, the Australian Open last week. Uh, absolutely brilliant to just successfully defend a title once again. And there was something that struck me in the press conference afterwards, how she says that uh, the difference between her playing uh Previously, as opposed to the last two years, is how she's been able to manage the clutch moments mm-hmm. um, in, in 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 her rounds. And absolutely yesterday as well, uh, she was being chased by Minji Lee, a home favorite who had the whole of the crowd backing her, and actually uh, was actually able to just just block that all out, keep her cool, and go on to win the title. Absolutely brilliant from her. Yeah, we would be very proud of Ashley Buha. So well done, well done, Ash, a home girl doing uh, doing so well internationally. Mawande, thank you so much for wrapping up uh, the weekend. What's up, Mandy? On 072-702-1702. Well done, well done, Mandy. Well done on your award. You are such a sweet star. Keep shining and the whole team. Smooda.
from Windmill Park. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for all of you who've celebrated with us today, who've been sending voice notes and the messages uh, that we've been getting. Uh, we're all celebrating here. So thank you so much for, for doing that uh, with us. Uh, we may celebrate for a little while still, um, but that's okay. Uh, and then, of, co- of course, uh, congratulations also to, to Aubrey, uh, who won for Best Nighttime uh, Radio Show as well, and to 947, the winning station of the year, our sister station next door uh, over here, also celebrating today. So thank you for that. Uh, we are watching some some uh, big stories for you. The Constitutional Court dismissing that challenge to the Electoral Amendment Act saying it is rational. I see uh, Justice Collipin, Jody Collipin handing down now what I imagine is a um, a minority judgment. Um, I think, I'm not sure, maybe it's a, oh, it's a different one. It's on the ICA's uh, application. Uh, so we will bring you the latest uh, in eyewitness news around that. Um, the fact that that has happened will have an impact, of course, uh, on the Electoral Amendment Act and independent candidates going into the next uh, election. And now we have finality on how those elections are actually going to take place next year.